أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين واللعنة الدائم على أعدائهم أجمعين من الآن إلى قيام يوم الدين السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters I hope everyone is doing well inshallah and welcome to Another episode of our Tafsir of Dura Kamil podcast. This is episode 40. Inshallah, we're moving closer to uh, the end of the Dura. And in the last session, we reached these lines. Allahumma wa man aradani bisu'in fa'aridhu. O Allah, whoever desires evil for me, whoever has intended for evil to happen for me, then you desire it for him too. If he's plotting against me, then you should plot against him too. You should stop him from being able to carry out his evil intentions. And whoever tries to deceive me, whoever tries to plot against me, Ya Allah, do not allow him to be successful in his plotting, in his planning. This is where we ended and we talked about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the blessings that he gives to us, the blessings that he is providing us with are of two types. There's a type of blessings that we can see, the things that He gives to us, the things that are uh, things that make their way into our lives, right? Maybe it might be in the form of wealth, it might be in the form of the relationships that you have, it might be in the form of, for example, the health that you have, and so on and so forth. Then we said that there are also many blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are blessings, but they are blessings because they never make the, the, their way into our lives. And so, for example, you will have a lot of situations where something horrible was supposed to happen to you and me, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He stopped it from happening. And because He stopped it from happening, and because essentially that blessing, so to speak, never made it into our life, or that calamity, I should say, never made it into our life, we never see it as a blessing. So a lot of times it goes unnoticed. A lot of times I was supposed to get into an accident, but because I, because I gave some sadaqah, you know, I didn't end up having that accident. A lot of times I was supposed to get sick. A lot of times someone was supposed to do something. They were supposed to be able to hurt me, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stopped it. So these are the second types of blessings. And because they are things that never really happen in your life, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stops it, a lot of times they go unnoticed. And a lot of times you can't even put a number to it because you don't know how many things could have happened to you that didn't happen. Okay, so this is a point that our hadith have really shed quite a bit of light on and they've talked about that there are many situations where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us, He puts something into our life, it's something tangible, we can see it, we can touch it, we can feel it. And then there are a whole host of blessings where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't put something in your life but what he does do is that he stops something terrible, something bad happening to your life. That second type of blessings are the type that we normally don't really pay attention to or don't really appreciate much. So in Dua Arafah of Imam Al-Hussein, he touches on this and he talks about this. And this is what this line of Dua Kamil was saying. Whoever's plotting against me, even though I don't even know who he is, right? That's the definition of a plot. A plot happens when someone is secretly planning against you. So you don't even know who this person is. Ya Allah, I don't get a chance to see who this person is or what they're plotting, but whatever they're plotting, 
you stop them from what they're plotting, right? Do not allow them to be successful in whatever it is that they're plotting. So this is us acknowledging that there are terrible things, there are calamities, there are balas that might happen to us. We're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to stop that from happening to us. So these two types of blessings, the contrast between them is something that you will find in Dua Arafah of Imam Al-Hussein. He starts talking about the different blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him with. And Dua Arafah, of course, is a, is a long Dua. This is, these lines that we're going through are closer to the beginning of the Dua, actually. And he says, out of all of these blessings, Ya Allah, that you have given to me, which one of them can I ever thank you for? Am ayyu atayaka aqumu biha shukra? Wahiya ya rabbi akhtharu min ayyuhsihala'addun. When these blessings are in fact more than, you know, anyone can put into account. They're more than anyone can actually put a number to. Aw yablugha ilman bihal hafidun. And it's more than anyone can essentially put in their mind, right? So if someone wanted to think about them, they wouldn't really be able to capture it with their imagination, right? They can't really picture it even. That's how many blessings there are. So this is the first type, right? And he's saying there's more than I can count, and therefore it's going to be difficult for me to ever be able to thank you for all these blessings. But now he moves on to the second portion. This is the beautiful part. He says, ثُمَّ مَا صَرَفْتَ وَدَرَأْتَ عَنِّي اللَّهُمَّ مِنَ الضَّرِّ وَالضَّرَّاءِ مِنَ الضَّرِّ وَالضَّرَّاءِ أَكْثَرُ مِمَّا ظَهَرَ لِي مِنَ الْعَافِيَةِ وَالسَّرَّاءِ he says, and then let's move on from this. All of the difficult situations, all of the harm that I could have been dealing with, that you stopped it from coming my way. If, if we take that into account, that is That is even more than those blessings of yours, which are the first, first type that actually show up in my life. This is such a beautiful statement. It's such a beautiful sentiment, right? that there are a number of blessings that never show up. Why? Because they are an absence of something that was terrible. And because they're an absence, you and, ever, you and I never even realize it. You and I never even understand that this was something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala essentially protected us from. You know how sometimes we ask this question, we say, I prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but there was no response. Hadith says, sometimes the response is the very fact that you pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not grant you what you are asking for, for certain reasons. And instead, there is a bala that's coming your way, and he removes that bala. And from your perspective, life just went on as it normally should have gone. You know, like you feel like nothing has changed. Whereas the reality is that he has heard your dua and he has responded to your dua as well. Right? That terrible thing didn't happen in your life. Whereas you're sitting there and saying, well, my life is just going as it normally should go. Right? So Imam al-Hussein is beautifully shedding light on this and he's in fact mentioning that there are more blessings of the second type than there are of the first type. Meaning that if we can't count the blessings that are tangible and that we see in front of us, then we can never be able to count those difficulties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes from us. Those difficulties that he doesn't allow for them to make its way into our lives. Right? The second type is even much, much more. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a dua of Sahifa Sajjadiyah that also touches on this topic. But this contrast and this comparison between these two types of blessings, not only do you find it in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you also find this in our relationship with, you know, the people around us. 
specifically, for example, a sibling or, for example, a spouse or a friend. Many times when we want to evaluate or judge our relationship and see how beneficial this relationship has been for us and what the other person has done for us, many times we will look at only the first set of blessings, right? We will only look at those things that our friend did do for us. But then we never ask ourselves, or even with spouses, this happens a lot. We never ask ourselves, what about all the other things, the bad things that my friend or my spouse or my sibling could have done and they never did? And they walked away from it because it wasn't in the best interest of mine. Because of that, they never went ahead with it, right? So, for example, you have, uh, you know, imagine two spouses who are looking at the relationship that they're a part of. Usually, you will only look at what your spouse did. But what about all the other things that your spouse could have done and didn't do because of this relationship? How about so many of the times where you said something, for example, they could have engaged in the argument, but they walked away, for example. They, they left that argument. They, they put an end to it, essentially. right? That's something that doesn't show up as them giving you a gift. But a lot of times, the effect of it is much greater than them actually giving you a gift. Right? Many times they could have been in a situation where they were frustrated and they could have said something disrespectful, but they didn't. Okay? Does that show up in your stat sheet? Does that show up in the way you look at this relationship? A lot of times it doesn't. A lot of times we might look at that and we say, well, this person didn't do this. But sometimes not doing something, not allowing for something bad to happen, it has quite a bit of value. Sometimes I would even argue it has more value than the one who does a lot of things. How many relationships have we seen in which the wife and the husband, right? If there's an anniversary, they're getting gifts for each other, which is a good idea, of course. You know, there's this event, you know, they're showing their, their love and affection towards one another, but the moment they get frustrated at each other, they can't hold back with their tongue. Anything that leaves their mouth is essentially, you know, is, it's, it's gonna come out, right? Anything that comes to their mind, they will say. Right? Or if they're in a situation where they feel like they can share secrets of their spouse, they'll do that. How many relationships do we know that are like that? So a lot of times not doing something is even more valuable than doing things. And of course, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do those things. We're just saying that when we evaluate a relationship, when we look at our friends, when we look at our spouses, even when we look at our relatives, we have to keep this in mind. Sometimes you might have, you might be the type of person who had the type of parents who didn't necessarily do a lot for you in the sense that when you compare them with other parents, you might say, well, you know, the parents of my friend did this or that. The parents of my friend did, you know, A, B, and C, and D for, for their children. But then maybe your parents, there was a lot of terrible things that they also did not do that they stopped themselves from doing in their relationship with you. Right. And, and it's the same case with children as well. In any relationship that you look at, the things that are absent, the bad things that are absent, we should also count those as part of the, the blessings in that relationship. So this is what uh, Imam Hussein is mentioning in Dua Al-Arafah. Now, in Dua Al-Arafah, of course, he goes more into what those blessings are and he talks more about it in detail. I want to move on from that also to talk about this particular situation where someone is jealous of you and they start plotting and planning against you, right? When we read the verse, usually what comes to our mind is the evil eye and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Whereas the reality is that though, you know, the evil eye has its own discussion and our scholars have disputes about it, but separate from the evil eye, what happens more frequently, I might argue, 
is that someone feels jealous, they just start plotting and planning against you. It's not even about the evil eye necessarily. Sometimes they just don't like what you what they see from you and therefore they try to plan to see how they can ruin your your reputation, you know? They plan to see how they can hurt you. Imam As-Sajjad is talking about this in one of his du'as in Sahifa Sajjadiyya. And he starts to explain how there are situations where you and I are completely clueless to the fact that this person is plotting and planning against us, to the fact that this person you know, is saying things behind our back to the fact that this person is essentially ruining our reputation when we're, we're, we're not around, right? And he's trying to get back at us. And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees this and stops this person. And he's mentioning this because in these situations, truly, a servant is completely vulnerable, right? If that person wants to create problems for him, he can easily do that. The only one who knows that this is happening many times is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's the one who can protect his servant in the face of any difficulty if he wants to do that. So Imam Imam Sajjad here, he says this, he says, Ya Allah, how many enemies were there who had essentially taken out their sword of animosity, right? They were ready to strike. And they were prepared to poison me with the poison that they had prepared for me. And his arrows were pointing my way. Right? He was ready to attack me in every possible manner. And he was watching me day and night. Right? You know, sometimes we have people like this who will watch others day and night waiting for the right moment to hit them, to hurt them, and hurt them in a way where you know they can't recover anymore right hurt them in a way where they can't get up anymore he wanted to make my life so difficult so painful now while all this was happening ya ilahi ila da'fi ya allah you looked upon me Look at this servant of mine. And by the way, it's not like I'm perfect either. This servant of yours has a number of shortcomings too. He's betrayed you many times as well, right? He's turned away from you many times as well. But still, you looked upon your servant and you saw his dha'af. You saw his weakness. You saw that he wouldn't be able to take a hit like that. He wouldn't be able to take a punishment like that. And you saw that if someone were to attack me and hurt me in that way, whether it's physical or it's emotional, mental, you know, in, in, in a professional sense, whatever the case may be, you saw that I wouldn't be able to protect myself and I wouldn't be able to help myself. And you saw that I'm standing there alone and there are many around me. Who have negative and evil intentions with regards to me. And he is planning how to get at me while I, the servant of yours, is clueless. I have no idea that he's planning all of this. You looked upon me and you saw how weak I am. Because of that, without me even knowing what's happening, for me to then ask you for help. You started helping me before I could even raise my hands and ask for help. 
وشددت أزري بقوتك ثم فللت لي حده and you made the sharpness of his sword you made it dull وصبرته وصيرته من بعد جمع عديد وحده and slowly you took the people around him and you made him alone instead of me so you saw all of this happening and you were the one who was protecting it and from the time that he was plotting un until you looked upon me and you saw that I'm weak and you supported me and you took care of his plot none of this is something that I ever knew about this was something that you were taking care of yourself and according to the Imam the fourth Imam is saying فَكَمِّنْ how, how often <laughs> does this happen? right? how much does it happen? so it's something that's happening frequently that there are those who have evil intentions, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He protects His servants, right? And the important point to keep in mind really is that this servant of His that He is protecting, He is not a perfect servant. He is a servant that has shortcomings of His own. He is a servant that has turned away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects Him. Still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of Him, right? An analogy of this would be, for example, if you had a child and this child had many shortcomings, right? And this child did not have the proper manners. They did not, you know, treat you the way that you were to be treated, right? And they did not thank you the way you were to be thanked. Imagine if you as a parent saw this child now walking away, for example, leaving the house. And you knew if they left the house at this moment, for example, if they took another step forward, something terrible would happen to them, right? There's some threat out there, right? There's some danger out there. Still, as a parent, if you truly love that child, even though that child isn't really the best child, still, at the end of the day, you'll look upon this child and say, well, he's immature. You know, he's young. He's immature. He doesn't get it. I keep telling him, but he doesn't understand. He, he doesn't listen to me, but let me just protect him. You know, if this, if this danger is a serious danger, then let me protect him. Yes, there might be a time where the danger is a little bit smaller, it's a minor issue. Well, you let him deal with it so that he can learn from it. But if it's a serious danger, what do you do? Even though the child hasn't been the best child for you, what do you do? You, say, you sit there and you say, well, he's really young and weak and he doesn't understand, he's ignorant. Let me just protect him this time, right? If you have an infant in the house, you know, you know what I'm referring to. When you have an infant in the house, and this infant has been, you know, giving you a hard time the whole day. But at the end of the day, if they pick up a knife, right? And no matter how much you try to get it from them or take it away from them, they'll cry and they're frustrated and they'll give you a hard time. Still, at the end of the day, you're going to pull the knife away from them, right? Because at the end of the day, even though this child has been giving you such a hard time, you look at his immaturity, you look at his ignorance, right? And you say, well, he doesn't understand what he's about to do, himself, do to himself. Or if you know someone else is going to hurt him, Right? You'll still protect him. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does for us. And this is the second type of blessings that uh, Imam al-Sajjad here and in Dua Arafah, Imam al Hussein was speaking about. So moving on from this, Allahumma waman aradani bisu'in fa'aridhu. Whoever has evil intentions about me, Ya Allah, you reciprocate that. You, you, you also have those intentions about him. Don't allow him to be successful. وَمَنْ كَادَنِي فَكِدْهُ And whoever plots against me, you also plot against him. And then we move on to this line. وَجَعَلْنِي مِنْ أَحْسَنَ عَبِيدِكَ نَصِيبًا عِنْدَكَ And Ya Allah, make me amongst those servants of yours who are blessed the most out of your servants. Place me amongst the most blessed of your servants. 
This line also carries a very important message in it because you find that Ali ibn Abi Talib is teaching us that when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring us close to Him, we are not to have low aspirations. We are not to aim for something that's very, very low. We're supposed to aim very, very high. We're supposed to say, Ya Allah, help me come closer to you. Help me be a good servant for you. But place me amongst the best of your servants. Sometimes we aim very, very low. And this creates a lot of problems for us as well. Because when you aim low and you set your standards and you set the bar very, very low, then if you fall, then obviously you're going to fail completely. But if you set it high, then once you fail, you're still doing pretty okay, right? You still won't be in such a bad situation. So here, Ali ibn Abi Talib is saying, Ya Allah, it seems like a bold dua, right? It seems like a bold claim or ask really, that Ya Allah, make me one of those servants of yours that's amongst those who's the most blessed and essentially one of the closest servants of yours. You see that he's aiming very high. So inshallah, in the next episode, we'll talk more about this about this this practice that the Ahlul Bayt have taught us to number one aim high high have have high aspirations when we are living our lives set you know lofty and high goals for ourselves and how that is supposed to show itself in our du'as how that is supposed to manifest itself when we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for things right so for both of these concepts we have teachings from the Quran and from the Ahlul Bayt that we will inshallah uh, speak about in the next episode until then assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh